Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the final episode of the My Love of Golf podcast for 2023. It's been a very long, very enjoyable, exciting year with a whole host of golf stuff happening. Uh, who would have thought that it would have been the year that it turned out to be? And just discuss that year and a little bit more of what's happened in the recent week of golf. Of course, I'm joined by the great man, Scott Carter, who has been an absolute revelation to the My Love of Golf podcast. You know he hides behind the music. So let's uh, play it for one last time in 2023. Let's bring Scott Carter in. Welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. As I said in the intro, which you were listening to, of course you were, uh, for the last time in 2023, that is not a reason to be sad because it won't be that long until we hit 2024 and we will be back. Don't worry about that. Uh, It's a time of year where we get together, holiday season, family, Christmas is coming. Uh, It's a time that we reflect on uh, the year of golf and uh, it's been an absolute beauty, as I said. how are you? Firstly, um, welcome to the last podcast for 2023. Are you well? Oh, yeah. Then no, I'm I'm really well. Thanks, Roscoe. Um, yeah, I mean, being here, last podcast for 2023. I tell you what, I did not have doing a podcast on my bingo card for at the beginning of the year of 2023. So um, that's definitely been something that was a little bit unexpected, but um, it's been a ton of fun. Um, and great to be here for this last episode to sign off on what's been um, yeah a big year for golf and a and a big year for uh, for everyone I think so um, yeah no good to be here thank you mate mate I can absolutely uh, confirm for the listeners that uh, you did not have a podcast and co-hosting a podcast hosting a podcast on your bingo card and you pretty much um, told me that at one point in time you know we had a a little bit of a challenging middle part of this year, you know. Obviously, Rocket got busy, moved to Queensland, decided that, um, well, not decided, but just work got in the way of him, you know, being a regular feature in the podcast. And of course, we've thanked him many times for his contribution to the evolution of the My Love of Golf podcast. And of course, Mike, uh, in the middle of the year, took a break and then decided that it was time for him to, you know, spread his own wings and and grow his own podcast, the uh, Three Part Par podcast, which is doing great. And it really left me in. Uh, a bit of a spot because, you know, I've enjoyed the, you know, podcast, uh, you know, bar side banter type style that we've evolved into. And uh, as I've always said, you know, I still want to do more interviews and we occasionally get people on to help us and we will start doing more interviews and we'll get around to, to doing that. And that's part of 2024. But having someone to bounce things off is really is a really important part of what the mile of golf podcast has become and you know you are a huge golf lover and i still remember the day that uh you know i was strutting my stuff into royal springvale golf course like a big peacock you know the big man's here for his complimentary game of golf you know golf cast golf podcast top 100 golf course radar he's here i can still hear the i can still hear the pipes chiming me in in my own head space scott and then all, all of a sudden up pops you Oh, good day, you, Ross, from the podcast. Well, thank you very much. Yes, I am. Uh, no, of course it wasn't like that. I was highly embarrassed, but uh, I, that was the first time that we had sort of met face to face. And you said, "I'm Scott from the. I'm one of the listeners." And uh, who would have ever thought that uh, you know that meeting? I'm not sure how long you've been back in the country after um, you know basically running Nike and signing up Tiger Woods. Hardly, uh, hardly. <laughs> I'm not sure how long that had been, but it was a great day that it, that that we did meet and. Uh, you know, it's turned into where here we are now and I really do appreciate it. It's a long way of getting to the point of I appreciate the fact that you stuck your hand up and said, hey, mate, I know you need a hand doing what you want to do. I want you to con- you know, be able to continue to do it so I'm happy to help and I don't know what that looks like but let's give it a crack. And that's about six yeah. months ago and we have, we've had a crack and I'm pretty sure, um, you know, once the uh, 
T's and I's are dotted and crossed on these lucrative contracts that are circling okay, around yeah. our people. You need to see a paper copy of that, uh, Roscoe. But yeah, no, it's like, I'll, I'll wait like, patiently. It's electronic these days, but my people talking to your people, and you know, I'm sure it's sure, just wrapped sure, up. Sure, in, sure. So wrapped up I'm in lost some, in translation. It's like, no, I, I was just going to say it's wrapped in some up in some Pontevedra type, you know, legal legalese. Uh, no, anyway, thanks, Scott. Is what I was really trying to say. No, that, that's uh, absolutely fine, Roscoe. I think yeah, I, I remember that day as well and um, I just really remember being um, uh, like part of the community, right, part of that My Love Golf community that you that we often speak about and that was really at a time where that was really burgeoning, you know, it was really kind of um, firing and um, and with the changes that were happening and, and, you know, I knew that you were pretty devoted to this community and, and um, uh, would have hated to have seen it you know, stop or pause or, or, or fall over. So, uh, you know, in term, in, in the spirit of community, it was really, you know, about trying to help you um, keep it going and uh, and have someone to um, talk rubbish with every week uh, on the on the pod. And it wasn't a weekly plan, but it's turned out that way. And, man, I've had an absolute ton of fun uh, doing it. You know, it's been a great outlet for me to... Um, to talk about golf every week. My wife is much happier that I'm not chewing her ear off about golf every week, about boring golf stuff every week. Uh, so I've got the outlet. I'm helping out a mate. Um, and I'm really enjoying being a part of the community that you've built over the years and that the, the Rocket and Mike helped build over over the years. So, um, so yeah, I appreciate, you know, the invite back every week. But, uh, no, it's just been, it's been a great year, mate. It's been a ton of fun from that regard. Well, I don't see it as my podcast. I see it as ours now. And, uh, you know, what I do know is we've spoken enough to know that we will continue in 2024. And, you know, we've had this, let's call it six months of, you know, working working it out. And uh, I know that both of us are pretty, um, I guess, creatively oriented and, and growth oriented and sort of marketing oriented. And we know that there's more upside to what we've been doing, even though we've only, we've only, sort of cranked out 270 something episodes um you know there's still some more room to to grow and one of the things that's going to happen we won't announce tonight but there's going to be some changes which we will announce we'll leave that for 2024 for uh, maybe episode one but there's going to be some dynamics change and it's going to be exciting and it's going to add a whole new dimension to what we had can offer and uh so i'm pretty excited to be able to share that as i know you are uh it's going to mean some changes and uh but they're all exciting changes. So if you've listened to this far and 10 minutes into the podcast, you know, come back in 2024 because we'll be announcing something that's I think personally very, very exciting and I know that's going to add that new dimension, uh, but that's for another time. Uh, Absolutely, mate. And it is exciting and uh, and it sounds intriguing, Roscoe. I bet there's uh, everyone's out there eager to eager to find out. So mm. um, we might get some record downloads on episode one, mate, just everyone finding out. Well, there, there will be some news. There will be some news. Don't worry. Yeah. So anyway, enough of the personal reflection. Um, but, you know, what I would say finally on 2023 is to the people who are listening and have chosen to keep listening, uh, new listeners, we know there, are, we are, there aren't a number. Uh, and listeners that have been there since day one, of which we know there are a number, uh, we joke you know, and have a little bit of a whack at us. No, I do in particular have a have a laugh that, you know, the only people that are listening uh, are my dad. Well, my dad would visit it on the weekend, actually, Scott. Uh, he was down for his, you oh, know, yeah? triannual stint. Uh, he comes in on a Wednesday, leaves on a Monday. I sometimes pick him up at the airport, but mostly he gets on the train and gets his way down to Frankston and then gets a bus up to Mount Eliza. Horrible son. Uh, well, he actually confirmed that he stopped listening. <laughs> so I can't even joke that my dad's the only yes. one listening anymore. Uh, the oh, point no, that, Roscoe, what um, have I done? I've uh, turned your dad off. No, no, we haven't. <laughs> well, uh, well, I think when we stop putting on YouTube as frequently, again, it's just more work. But um, another thing that we'll fix. But, uh, yeah, so I can't joke about that, but I do know that there are plenty of people that listen. And if you're one of those people who have been listening from day one, day 21, day 221, uh, or the last 21 days, it doesn't matter. We appreciate and thank you all uh, for your continued support this year and uh, look forward to next year. Anyway, um, there was a bit of golf on last week to, I guess, round off the year. Uh, yep. I spent a fair bit of time at one of uh, the most um, progressive tournaments 
uh, in global golf, I would say. Um, so I'm happy to talk about that. And you were the uh, eyes on the eyes and ears on the ground for all of the other global uh, golf events, Scott. So why don't you take yep. us off with, you know, what caught your eye in the world of global golf? Yeah, no worries. I think the most exciting tournament outside of the one that you just mentioned there, Roscoe, locally was definitely Q School and what was happening over there. And it was great to see uh, Harrison Endicott, the, the Aussie, take out Q School with a four-shot victory, um, played incredible golf all over all four rounds and led from start to finish. I think he was co-leader on round one, but um, I don't think he he gave that up. Um, and, and it's a heck of an effort in amongst all of that pressure. Um, and he... He improved his playing status, so he, he's now got full playing status for uh, the season 2024. So that, that's a, a great opportunity for for Harrison. So he made the most of that. <clears throat> so full, to see him do that. Does full playing status mean he gets into being the number one finisher on tour in Corn Ferry Tour School, PGA Tour School? Um, he gets elevated events as well. Oh, I don't know about elevated events um roscoe i, I might uh, i should dive in and, and know that but yeah no i'm not sure don't know okay uh, it don't might, know, but i think it, he's yeah you can play in all the events anyway yeah. except for the elevated that we that we'll, we'll figure out um the great thing for harrison endicott is you know he's played on tour you know mm. obviously had to go back to um tour school but for him to and he had a mixed year, you know, had some results, but, you know, I think we tipped him in tips there a couple of times, a few people did, and, you know, they probably sort of done their tip for the week on, you know, him missing a cut. But, you know, let's hope that this is the catalyst and the springboard that he needs for season 2024 to know that he can go out there and, you know, perform against some very, very good quality fields and win. And if you look down the list of, you know, that tour school, there were some regular, a lot of regular names and very familiar names from the PGA Tour that were down in yeah. that category trying to get back up. So uh, it's good to see uh, Harrison Endicott take that out. Uh, I certainly had eyes on some of the other well, Aussies that were in the field, John Morris, uh, Dave Michaluzzi, and, of course, uh, a very own friend of the podcast, Tom Power Horan. Uh, yeah. What did you catch up he with? He made that? a charge on Saturday. He, he did. He, he, he made a charge on round three but unfortunately had a tough going on Sunday but – um, it still played played pretty well. I mean, you know, he was over there having a crack, so um, so good on him, and, and he definitely showed that he's got the skills to perform, uh, you know, at the highest level. So, um, so yeah, that, that's good for Tommy. Um, so a few the other guys that that qualified, so it was top five and ties. So Trace Crow, Blaine Hale Jr., and Raúl Pereira from Mexico, um, but then Hayden Springer, I guess Roscoe is the one that's, you know. Um, rightfully got the most attention. Um, if you haven't kind of followed followed the news, it's a very sad story. He, he lost his three year old daughter there, um, and just over a month ago um, to a very rare disease. So, um, you know, for him to kind of persevere through through that and uh, and come through and achieve that goal, um, it's pretty incredible perseverance and and strength um, to to make it through that and. <clears throat> And you know his family's got something to I guess look forward to for 2024. But um, but uh, yeah, well done to Hayden Spring and the rest of the guys there that got through. Yes, uh, always seems to be some level of you know player that qualifies into the PGA Tour for the first time or or reemerges that's had some challenging situation. It just provides that sort of storyline uh, which we love to see out of a sad set of circumstances and you know, all thoughts and wishes and, you know, to the Springer family. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a few stories like that along the journey and that's one of the reasons why we love tuning into the golf to see, you know, these great young young men in, in the men's um, environment, um, you know, turn adversity into into a very, very life-changing um, positive. Um, and that's what uh, the young man Springer has um, sprung board himself into. Very good. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, and then, yeah, on the DP World Tour, mate, they had a, they had a tournament um, in Mauritius, I think it was, where Louis Oosthuizen won for the second week in a row. So another live player victory uh, in on the DP World Tour. So they've really cleaned up on this first part of the season. This new, uh, the new, uh, what is it, the International Swing, I think they called it, and um, which Minwoo actually took out. They've kind of carved it up into these different swings there with the new setup this year. Um, but yeah, Louis wins again. Um, obviously playing some great golf, held off um, a bit of a charge there um, for that uh, second win in a row. Um, so that's another thing. Yep. Just, yeah, so that means that 
in terms of the DP World season kicking off, Minwoo won obviously the uh, Australian PGA and then Neiman won the Australian Open, Open. Live Player. Burmester yep. won the two South African events and then uh, then the uh, Mattress King won the next two events. So Mattress King. Yes. <laughs> so Live Players other than than uh, Minwoo Lee. That's um that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I haven't wished we didn't do the numbers on what that did for their uh, world rankings or WGRs. You know, the the evasive um, for live players, but uh, yeah, yeah, right. not 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 a lot for uh, the guys in South Africa, to be honest. But yeah. um, hey, one thing I thought was really interesting. I just I just came across as I was doing some prep here, and um, so Joaquin Neiman, after winning the Australian Open. He had 14 days to decide whether he was going to join the DP World Tour and become a member. And and it kind of snuck under the radar here, Roscoe, but he did that. And Joaquin Neiman is a member of the DP World Tour and he's gathering race to Dubai points and he's sitting there and, and whereas, you know, I had a look, I tried to search for the other South African guys that won and they are nowhere to be seen on any of those lists, but Joaquin is there as a fully-fledged member of the DP World Tour. Fascinating. So how does that go with his membership of his uh, live team? I think uh, what's, I, what's I, he, I'm, Torque, I'm or really he amazed, mate. It hasn't come up more. It hasn't kind of been picked mm. up. It was I found articles by uh, 10 Golf, so the Spanish um, publication, that reports a lot on, you know, they actually were reporting a lot on the John Rahm stuff and and other kind of live moves, um, particularly for the, the Latino players. But, um, yeah, so I I need to kind of dig into it a little bit mm. more, mate, over the next couple of weeks. But I'm if if I've got it right, like if I'm if what I'm reading is is right, then it's fascinating that it hasn't been higher profile news. And equally, again. If it's been discussed and I've missed it, well, I apologise. But there's been a lot made of John Rahm's suspension, immediate suspension from the PGA Tour, but there hasn't been anything from the DP World Tour saying John Rahm's suspended from the DP World Tour, which I assume, given his station last year, um, he maintains his position on the DP World Tour through his points gained through you know, the majors and whatever else. He's actually front and centre of the landing page for the Rolex series on the DP World Tour website still. Hmm. So they're, they're not doing any kind of erasing of that history or, you know, anything that a lot of these guys have been um, reported for doing or, you know, accused of doing. But he's, he's front and centre. He's right there. Um, and you're right. They haven't – there's been nothing about John being suspended from the DP World Tour. Do we, th- um, do we think yeah. that uh... – you know, the level of investment that the PIF makes into uh, European-based golf um, has anything to do with that? Conspiracy? Is that too much of a conspiracy theory to uh, a long, board, a long uh, bow to draw? You know, it's probably probably not, Roscoe, yeah. you know, with everything else been, that's been kind of thrown out there. But, um, yeah, definitely worth kind of looking into, I think, a little bit further. Okay. Oh, there's some there's some Christmas homework for us. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Christmas homework, I've got plenty of that to do. Um, it's the time of year when the big brands release some new product, uh, and for those that love their golf gear, get fairly excited about this time of year. There's some new TaylorMade product coming. There's some new Callaway product and a host of other uh, new products. Um, I might have a couple of the brand new drivers, hybrids, fairways and irons out there to have a little bit of a um, test of during the Christmas period and maybe make a bit of a drum and golf video. Hopefully there's enough time. So I've also got some Christmas homework to do. Uh, don't worry about that. That's what that's what I'll be doing on the holidays is out there on a range somewhere in a little secret corner trying to, you know, keep this yet-to-be-released and, you know, NDA-signed-off gear top secret and uh, my, you know, lagging driver swing speed as you can attest to scott thanks very much for reminding me um wow. trying to trying to hit a few powder puffs to, trying to hit a few powder puffs down there um there you go uh, so we've got some homework to do what else what else caught your eye scott you know talking about equipment there roscoe mm. i read today that um there was some equipment testing being happening uh for the 2024 models and you know the compliance and everything and uh some of the results of like 
spin rates from the middle of the face versus the the the, the toe being almost the same, the carry distance from hitting the middle of the face to you know the the um, the, the the toe or the heel being um, negligible, and just the drivers, I guess, getting more and more forgiving. And twenty twenty four could be a uh, a big year. I think that one of the quotes, one of the tweets I read, twenty twenty four could be a, a huge year for a select few. That's a lot. Oh, interesting. I must uh, I must track that one down, but. You know, as we've discussed, distance is something that's measured. Um, you know, the speed of the ball reacting, rebounding off the driver face is something that's measured. That's obviously been discussed in this whole rollback scenario. Um, you know, ball's one thing, but what are they going to do about drivers? Well, you know, they haven't discussed that yet. I think they'd like to, but it's a bit hard to do in terms of appeasing all the manufacturers and that side of the thing. But, yep. you know, what they're all striving for is more forgiveness across the face so you can actually do exactly what that – uh, article is referring to is hit it anywhere in the face and still get optimized, you know, distance and minimized side spin, you know, left to right, right to left, uh, whatever you, you know, you miss it is. They're just trying to get the ball to land on the fairway more often for you. And yeah, uh, the technology that's available now with, you know, supercomputers and AI technology and, um, you know, these brands leaning into high, high speed motorsport, space science. AI, uh, it seems to be, um, you know, li- almost limitless in what they can continue to achieve. And to me, you know, someone who gets their hands on new stuff all the time, it becomes, you know, you think about it, you think, well, oh, you know, that's another evolution. But really, it's amazing how they can just keep evolving this sort of stuff and doing more and improving things because you, you get gets to the point and I think, how can they get any better than this? This is the best thing I've ever seen or hit. And uh, yeah. next year they, they, they make another one. Some people hate that. Some people actually despise that the brands are able to do that and, you know, hoodwink, you know, customers into spending another 900 or over $1,000 now for a new driver. But, you know, what I, what I would say to that is the reality is most people that I would see come into, you know, the golf shop environment, been doing it a few years now so I've got a fairly good handle on it, is, mm-hmm. you know, they're not they're – not, there's 0.1% – of, a go- of the golfing population that will go from driver to driver every year, year on year. They might get a new driver in 2016 and then yep. it comes to 2019, 2020. They've had it for four years. It's probably passed, you know, it's worn out. It's like a pair of, you know, golf shoes. You know, they do wear out. Um, you know, they, they would change and, and that's the evolution and that's why you see this product cadence being so frequent because – there's more and more golfers coming in and more and more product that's aged out there in the market. So it's just opportunity for everyone to, to, to keep buying. Yeah, some people say it's a marketing hoi polloi and all that sort of thing, but that's fine. Um, you know, businesses existing in the golf business like ours and retail and whatever proves that there's a market out there for it. And, um, so, Roscoe, do, do I need to replace my uh, Ping G400? Is, well, that, is that you know, th- what I, we're saying I, here? I would answer that. And I hand on heart, Scott, if if you were in the fitting bay and I was fitting you for a new, let's just say the new ping, right? Mm. And you bring in your current ping, which is G four hundred Max, one of the better ones that that ping have made. You know, you can read that independently. And if your results suggested that you were no better off, and, and remo- I rem- remember that I just said that for a while now they've been measuring the the, the, the ball speed, yeah, measuring how fast the ball can bounce off the face. Mm. Um, if your results were not worthy of spending the $1,000, as I just said, to upgrade, but you just came in to think, well, I might go and test the new driver, if, if you were still hitting that really pure and you're not getting the benefit, you know, maybe if it, the distance difference is marginal, the dispersance difference marginal, you know, I'm saying to you, I'm saying, Scott, do you really need to buy a driver? You know, what, mm. why do you want to change this? And if you say, well, I, I'm just sick of the side of it, you know, it's just time because I've, you know, got some Christmas vouchers and, you know, I'll just get the new one and it's got to be better at some level and even if it's marginally, I'll take it. Yeah, sold plenty of drivers to people, you know, saying that, no problems. You know, I've stopped plenty of people buying them because the, the benefit hasn't been what they expected and they've walked out with the elbow and said thanks. But what I would say, and I might have said this in the podcast before, you know, you come in and you're looking at an equipment change, you you know, something's telling you I've got to do something around my game. 
I'm having a conversation. Well, you know what? Well, how's your putting? How's your short game? Where are you scoring? Where are you losing your shots? You know, because you've just shown me that you can hit 20 drivers pretty much in range all the time. But where where your handicap's 15 or 10 or 12 or whatever it is, where are you losing yeah. them? And usually it's, oh, yeah, I'm putting uh, 38 putts around pretty consistently. Okay. Oh, I'm a short game, you know. Like, okay, let's have a look at those clubs and find out if there are opportunities there to go away from the big sexy driver, the big marketing piece, and really hone in on clubs that will help you score better in scoring areas. Mm. And that's that's the conversation that I would have and, and the, the guys and girls that have worked for me are all trained to say, if someone doesn't need the new driver, well, maybe tell them, show them, they'll understand and then have a discussion around where, what they do need because unless they're playing off plus three, there's usually something that's not working quite right. And as I said before, yeah. people's bags aren't all brand new all the time. They're aged. You might need a hybrid because they didn't have a hybrid before. They might need a driving iron because they didn't have a driving iron before. So a simple discussion around their golf game can really identify the little nitpick, little um, pieces of opportunity to improve. There you go. There you go. You've just reminded me of the time I had 38 points and 39 putts there a week or so ago, Roscoe. It was bloody nightmare fuel. And what was my yeah. what was my response to you? Having watched you do that for, you know, since that day that I met you there at the uh, when the horns were blowing and signalling my arrival at Spring Valley, yeah, what did I say to you? What was my response? Time for a new putter, pretty much. But I love the Odyssey, mate. I love it. Okay. Can't give it up. Well, at <laughs> least, at least have a look at you know some of the options that are available. Even sticking with the same brand doesn't mean you have to yeah. go for a brand. You know, they've got heaps of heaps of shapes and heaps of styles. You now you're using a fairly specific putter. You know, you've got the tool on. It's milled, beautiful, beautiful putter. It's giving you 38, 39 putts every round. Well, maybe there's something that can still give you that same look and aesthetic appeal, help you maybe keep the stroke a little bit more consistent, help you roll the ball off the face a little bit more consistently, maybe give you a little bit more forgiveness on, on you know, look at that AI technology in the new Odyssey putter. Um, mm. Maybe there's something out there that's worth having a look and you'll soon – Thank me when you have 33 putts and you have 42 points and then your handicap goes down to six or five or four. Uh, anyway, sounds like I'm trying to sell you a golf club now. <laughs> People are twisting well, off. You, you almost have, mate. I'm, ne- I'm about to make an appointment uh, in, in the in the putting bay on, on Friday, but yeah. Yeah, look, it's um, we're just you – know, people think we're there to – you know, hoodwink people into new golf clubs and, and it's not the case. We're, we really do get a kick out of helping people improve their golf and, you know, we're lucky to have all the assets to um, help them in terms of equipment and uh, there's usually some piece of equipment that needs updating in someone's bag at any one particular time unless they're just welded to, the, welded to their gear and welded to their score and are happy with that. And they're not the types of people that you usually see in a golf shop like mine, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, any other tournaments on? The PNC uh, was on? Yeah, a little PNC action. Uh, Roscoe saw a little bit of it. I mean, I think if you spent any time on social media, you saw plenty of Tiger and Charlie uh, getting around there. But the Langers took it out um, with a victory, but it definitely was all about Charlie and Tiger. And um, and I'm pretty sure that's going to stay the way, stay that way for some time until they until they stop playing it in there um, in, in a few decades' time. But uh yeah, so didn't see a lot of it made live or, or kind of, you know, sit down and watch much of it, but um, uh, but the Langers took it out. That's it. Look, positive thing for me is, again, Bernhard proving that, um, you know, plus 50-year-olds can uh, can still golf the ball around, even though he was playing off uh, seas a little further forward, uh, which I was surprised to learn. Uh, but he can still be- uh, golf the ball. The other thing that is a positive, uh, I think it's a fun event you know, it's a bit of a hit, hit and giggle, you know, that some people refer it to and uh, bring the greats out with their kids and let them play in a tournament and have some fun. And, you know, I think this time of year in particular, you know, there should be as many tournaments that are gen- that are geared around doing something different or and which includes, you know, showing people how fun the game can be, how yep. these elite people that we've aspired to, you know, look up to for a long time uh, can have some fun with their kids and let their show the world that their kids are great golfers as well, some better than others. And I think it's a lot of fun to, to be able to see. And, you know, like the, the the Grant Thornton, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Again, a different take on a golf event which allows sponsors to showcase 
men and women playing together, a different a different event, a lot of fun. And, of, of course, the Sandbelt uh, Invitational that I just, you know, I'm not going to say participated in, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Again, a lot of fun. PNC, it was great. Um, let's just cover off on that. Charlie Woods, unbelievable. You know, if the <laughs> he played right into the hands of the uh, hashtag rollback uh, community when a 14-year-old's driving 335-yard greens, um, you know, unbelievable. Amazing. He, it, we're not the first ones to say it. He is like a little mini-me of Tiger Woods. The, the, the recoil on the driver swing, the walk, the tee pickup, the hand the club over, the put the hat on, the handshake, the take the hat off, everything he does is like a little yeah. clone of his dad. It's unbelievable to see. Um, having just had my dad down, as I said at the start, for uh, four days, I did yeah. I did have to continually check myself. Oh, geez, you're starting to look like your dad. You're starting to yeah. sound like your dad. Sound. <laughs> uh, but I'm not, I'm not 14. Like I'm, not, I'm, I'm not 14 anymore. I'm just getting old. Uh, there and, you go. And- and, and your dad's not Tiger Woods, you know, one of the most uh, recognisable athletes and mannerisms uh, going around in his sport. So, um, so yeah, it was always going to be picked up or I think it's going to be super clear when when his son's playing and they're, uh, they're showcasing those kind of mannerisms. But, um, yeah, pretty pretty incredible 14-year-old golfer. And, and I know that he's not like the number one 14-year-old golfer on the planet but um, and there's plenty of young kids that are just as good, if not better, but... Um, you know he's getting a lot of attention, isn't he? Um, I hope he, I hope he's got some uh, some some decent tools in the bag to handle the pressure and and the spotlight that's coming for him. So, um, but uh, he seems to be handling it pretty well yeah. at this event every year. Uh, the other talk is, of course, as we you know went with a couple of weeks ago, Tiger still wearing Nike. Uh, Young Tiger, uh, not wearing Nike, wearing Grayson clothes, Grayson clothiers. Uh, yeah. A lot of people but talking. To, you know, he's never been uh, head to toe Nike. So I think the first time he played as an eleven-year-old, maybe in in that PNC, he was he was wearing head to toe Nike. He was in the Nike Golf Roshis, um, uh, the Roshi shoe, the, the Nike Golf model, but. Other than that, like that, he, he hasn't ever been like full head to toe. He's always worn his own hat. Last year he was wearing a Snoopy hat. You know, he's. Um, I get the impression, Roscoe, that like it's a little bit like, oh, if my dad was wearing Nike and you know, um, then then it's not cool. You know, like whatever my dad's wearing, it's not cool. Like I wonder whether he's kind of coming up and being so, being so surrounded by the brand that it doesn't have any edge or coolness to it for him. Because it's just been part of his life, and you know, maybe also, um, uh, I don't think the relationship's been super rosy like the entire lifetime of the relationship. So, I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't really like it. He's kind of heard his dad talking about it in a bad way or whatever, and and um, you know, got a bit of a chip on his shoulder about about this horse or the company or, or what have you. I mean, who knows? We'll see how it all unfolds over the next couple of weeks. Um, and see how amicable the split is if it does split and, and what everybody says about it. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's been a, a full kind of – never looked like he was going to be a Nike athlete, put it that way. Well, if you can tell Twitter to stop reading between the lines and, you know, determining what Tiger is or isn't going to do, which we still don't really know but we assume, uh, based on what his son's wearing, if you can just tell Twitter to back off yeah. on that, that would be great. <laughs> oh, dear, Twitter. I'm trying to get more involved in it and – the more I the more I post something and read some comments, the more I think that uh, the more I believe exactly what I hear people discuss about Twitter and X or whatever you call it. Yeah, it's, it's I've right. had a couple of people at work this week have referred to Twitter as the hell site, capital H, hell site. Yeah, well. Uh, I, Richard, it is. It's a cesspit sometimes. I've never been uh, upset by any comments. You know, I'm not super active on social media, but I'm active enough. You know, and I just like to put a few golf photos and drones and stuff like that up there. Uh, mm. I put something up about the Oz Open, how, how Bobby McIntyre said that it was – did I talk about this last week? Well, Bobby McIntyre uh, – no. I, I took some pictures of Bobby McIntyre. Of, of course, he's, he's, a, he's a Scottish hero of mine. You know, I love Bobby McIntyre. Uh, so I had the chance to walk a hole with him and have a very brief chat. Just g'day, uh, Bobby, big fan of Oban, went there last year, blah, blah, blah. Um, yep. Posted that. With the pictures and said, uh, what did I say? 
Bob's seen, Bob thinks it's the best conditioned course that he's ever ever seen. Oh, yeah. And then two numpties, buddy, get underneath and go, well, so why are they whinging about I, Why are they whinging about perfect lies or I suppose they expect perfect lies everywhere or where's that effect? You can go and check it out. But yeah, thought, yeah. why bother? Why bother? But then, of course, that's the norm. That's the norm in Twitter and uh, people want to just go the other way and pull something apart because someone says something. Crazy. Uh, anyway, rant over. That's this week's rant um, officially done. Um, thank you to um, our rant sponsor. Of course, twenty twenty four rant. If you want to sponsor Twitter. the rant, if you want to sponsor the rant, it's all all aboard. Uh, so, Sandbelt Invitational. Now that was run from last Monday through to Thursday, so it finished on Thursday. Of course, yep. as as we know by now, Daniel Gale took that out from Matthew Griffin. Uh, Robin Choi uh, won the women's event. Robin Choi. Just cleans up at uh, LPGA to, uh, Tour School, gets a LPGA card, jumps on the plane, arrives literally the day of the tournament starting or the night before, jet lagged, goes out and, and wins. Uh, and the two amateurs uh, that played, Sarah Hammett picked up the uh, women event, Queenslander, 17-year-old, super, super talented young female golfer, uh, walked a couple of holes with Sarah, took a little slow-mo video, had a chat to her mum. Mum was on the bag caddying, you know, got maybe – Three brothers or so, a couple, three other, at least three other siblings, all of different golfing ilks. Some do, one doesn't play, and some are developing. And mum just spends her whole life just shuttling kids around to different events, different sporting things, and just amazing. They're pulling the bag for uh, her daughter, who ultimately won the best um, uh, women's amateur. Of, and then Phoenix Campbell, uh, great young player. Big things ahead for Phoenix Campbell winning at the men's uh, amateur event. But, uh, of course, we were big fans of Daniel Gale. Why do I? He certainly led from uh, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it looked a little dicey for him. I was walking back from uh, onto the fifth hole at the Royal Melbourne East course. So that's like the first time you cross the road. There's two road crosses. So you've got paddock one, paddock two, and paddock three. And Daniel was just jumping into the uh, official's cart. This is on the last day, and he just lost the ball on the fifth. He'd never Ooh. played. He'd never played Royal Melbourne East before, and didn't have a warm up or a sighting round. And um, went his aggressive nature on the fifth, and uh, blocked one, lost it, had to come back. I was just walking along, and I, I he had to pull out of his drive because I was walking along, and I just got in the way. I was too busy looking at the guys on the next green that were putting, trying to stay out of their way. Um, after that, he was maybe four or five over for the round. So oh, here we go, gone. Then he has a hole in one and, yeah, obviously has some birdies and whatever else and gets it back and then has a hole in one on the 16th. Now, if you know the 16th uh, par three on the east course at Royal Melbourne, it's the famous one that's part of the President's Cup routing. It's an unbelievable par three. Yeah, bit of a oh, – I can't even describe the green. It's got like this big tongue in, in front of it. It's a famous one where you see them playing at the President's Cup – he goes and has yep. a hole in one there. He gets to the last hole. He's got a one-shot lead over Daniel Griffin, who had had maybe a three or four under round, uh, leading it by a couple at one stage. Uh, Dan, uh, Daniel Gale is down the middle of the fairway, hits his approach shot short. Now, if you were over there, maybe you would be able to handle it, but it's a knee-knocking chip up the green on the 18th hole at Royal Melbourne East, and he just rocks it back, rocks it through, chips it up to about eight feet and has this little yep. downhill knee trembler, knocks it in, takes the win. And uh, he was a very happy boy and uh, a very worthy winner uh, indeed was young Daniel Wow, Gar. what a round of golf. It was amazing. It was amazing. But seven under, he, he shot seven under at Peninsula Kingswood South Course in an absolute 50 mile an hour, 50 kilometre an hour wind. Oh, he played awesome. in the – it was still in the morning and then it was absolutely blowing a hoolie in the afternoon and he went out and shot seven under and it was phenomenal. And I think the nearest one around him was uh, maybe three or four under, but um, it was phenomenal. And then obviously at uh, Yarra Yarra, he went really well there. Yarra Yarra, Yarra was um, storm affected, two sirens, so that really does muck your ebb and flow on a golf course. If you've got to come off and then go back on and come off uh, – they didn't enjoy it, but that's the, the rules. And um, anyway, good on you, Gailey. He's a good man. He's, a, he's just such a happy person. He's very intense on the golf course, but no one no one trains harder than him. He puts a lot of effort into it. 
and uh, it's his Good second on. second win this year. He won the big crocodile jaw. I think the crocodile yep, might have got broken. Right. The crocodile might have got broken, um, but he picked up the little trophy. The little trophy has, uh, if you've seen pictures of the trophy and wondering why it looks a bit different on the outside, Jeff has got the trophy makers to take some sand from each of the golf courses that the courses uh, that the tournament's played on, and it's somehow put into the makeup of the trophy. So you've got sand from underneath the Peninsula Kingswood logo, which is on there, and then the Yarra Yarra, and then the uh, Victoria, and then the Royal Melbourne. Sand from each of the courses on the trophy. It was very cool. That's very cool. Uh, A great event. Again, another example of a great event. Someone, a group of people, Mike Clayton, of course, and Jeff Ogilvy, trying to do something different, showcase the best golf courses in Australia, and arguably the best group of golf courses in the world, and it's just got so much potential. It's just lacking a few big names. You know, we had Cam yeah. Davis come back to defend. Um, we had Nicholas Colsarts there, Jeff Ogilvy there, and the rest of names that we know in Australia but you wouldn't know globally. Imagine, as yeah. I said last week, imagine if some of those Aussies just decided to come back. It just needs a little bit more coverage and it's such a great event, such a great event. Imagine if they could get TV cameras out there and broadcast that stuff and oh, it'd be yeah. fantastic. Anyway. Would be good. Uh, congrats to Gailey, Phoenix, Sarah and Robin Choi. <laughs> well done. Good stuff. Hey, uh, one other thing in golf news, talking about broadcasting. So uh, we know that Azing has been dumped by NBC um, what, a month or so ago. Uh, so Kevin Kisner is going to be uh, sitting in the hot seat to replace Zinger for a few tournaments early in the year. So. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. He's always a good follow on social media on, on the Hell site um, on Twitter. Uh, so let's see what he can bring to the booth and see how entertaining he can be. And there was some discussion around Jeff Ogilvy yeah, was being potentially well. um, courted for uh, the similar type of role for more other events during the year. Is that did I read that correctly? Mm. Yep, I saw that as well. I'm not sure how much truth is 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 uh, is with it, but yeah, I'd love to hear um, Jeff on on some golf coverage, on a bit more golf coverage. Very, very uh, kind of smart, uh, intelligent golf brain, doesn't he? Uh, on, get him on there. Certainly on the on the golfing sporting side and then the golfing agronomy side or the golfing architecture side, he, he's he got uh, knowledge that spans a very broad depth, uh, very well spoken. Uh, he's a funny I, – I don't know Jeff very well, but, uh, you know, when you're hanging around the, the media, you know, you, know, you see him come and go and he's a, he can be a bit grumpy sometimes, right? But as soon right. as as soon as he gets the camera on him, and he's got a, he, he is one of the most articulate, best spoken golf brains that that are out there. But not grumpy, he's just Jeff being Jeff. But um, and he would be so good at that role. I hope it happens. I don't know if it, don't know if it is, but I hope it does. Yeah, I know he needs, yeah. he wants to spend some time in the state still and more of that sort of thing. Good luck to him if it does. Good luck to him. And Roscoe, what else are you hoping for in twenty twenty four? Got a few questions that we laid out there uh, in preparation for today's pod and. One of them was, you know, what are you looking forward to in pro golf in in twenty twenty four? Is it? It could be one thing, could be a few things, but yeah, what are you what are you really looking forward to happening in twenty twenty four in pro golf? Uh, and thanks for bringing us back to the point of this whole podcast, Scott. <laughs> one thing you're looking forward to in pro golf in twenty twenty four. It's going to sound like a Christmas message, but and I'm not sure if it's achievable, but you know, but it's a version of saying world peace. If there's some form of unity, some form of direction, some sort of sort of, you know, more cohesive progress forward in the game, both on a PGA Tour level, both DP World Tour, both all of the tours. Uh, and, of course, naturally what we're really referring to is live golf and how that fits, fits into the world environment. But the PGA Tour have got a lot of work to do. They're up in arms at the moment with all of this um, deal-making and you can see weekly, you know, their players are getting more frustrated. There's another uh, group of players that have signed a, 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 le- a legal letter that's been sent for them to disclose you know, who uh, the quarters are and, and that sort of thing. And, yeah. and the summary of it is some people of the members of the tour, uh, are your players, know more than the others, so they want to discuss it. This sort of thing is not good for making the PGA Tour the premier men's golf product, which it wants to be, should be, and, and rightly so. And that's what we want to see because it doesn't matter who you listen to at the moment. People like us, the general tone is, I'm done. I'm done with with professional golf. Time out for the majors. I'm all in for those and the rest of it, and that's not a great position to have the sport in. It doesn't serve the sport at the top professional level. Sporting is a product that we 
brings eyeballs and, you know, if we believe what they say, eyeballs bring people to the game on the, mm. on the TV. We just, we, just want, we just want guys out there playing golf and having a great entertainment package. So they've got some work to do. That's yeah. what I'm looking forward to in pro golf, a little bit more cohesive, a little bit of world peace. I'm not sure if, if and when we're going to get it, but hopefully it's moving in the right direction. It's so funny, Roscoe. My first point was uh, word for word here, peace, question mark, too much to ask, question mark, resolution. You know, one way or another, like let's find a way to um, to, to move past all of the the, the arguing and, and and kind of the disagreements and the fractured tour and and uh, and all of the rumours and innuendo about what's happening week in week out on on the golf tour and how much money's involved and all of that all that goes with it. I don't think many people watching the game actually give two shits about the money. You know, yeah. I think that they just want to see the best golfers on TV as much as possible playing against each other on great golf courses, battling it out on a Sunday um, would be. What I think everyone is just wants to see. So, um, so yeah, I had exactly the same one, mate. Um, it'd be great if we could achieve that in 2024. Who knows? Who knows? Um, still haven't heard anything out of the meetings. Apparently, Yasir and um, uh, and and um, oh bloody hell, mind blank here. What's his name? Um, I'm going go with Tim Fincham. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that, <laughs> Monaghan. Big J, yeah. um, you know, the meetings that they're supposed to be having this week or next or whatever, but let's just move past all of this mm. and um, and get some good golf on, on the screen uh, and on the course. Yeah, you're right, you're right on all that whole lot of money and all of that stuff that I think we get the Twitter and the X and we and podcasts get all sort of worked up about and the media gets worked up about. I'll go back to my example about the golf club, Scott, not to go back on a topic that we've already discussed, but I, I sort mm. of referred to people come in who, and buy these new products that might have had three- and four-year-old drivers. And you know what? I, I guarantee you that 90% of them don't know anything about AI, forgiveness, MOI. They just go, oh, I think I need to improve my driving and this one's pretty old and there's some new stuff out. I know a little bit about it. Can you, can you help me out? And it's a little bit like that, you know, like, the, the peripheral stuff that seems to be bogging us all down, it's irrelevant. Just make a great product. Give these guys the opportunity to do what they do and do well and uh, make it entertaining. And some things have got to change. You know, the, the, they can't just keep rope learning, roping out the same formula uh, yep. and thinking that we're going to buy it and, um, you know, keep keep pushing PJ Tour right. and, and, and all points. Take some – you know, learnings off some of the other tours that are doing some good stuff. Uh, what yeah. are you looking forward to in your personal golf in 2024, Scott? Mm. Um, well, luckily my wife doesn't listen to this, Roscoe, so I've still got some time to massage the messaging here. But uh, I think 2024 could be the year that I make it to Barn Boogle. That, 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 is, uh, that is my plan. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to making that happen. Um, so, yeah, in terms of like where I want to play, that would be it. Um, I'm looking forward to working on my mental game more and more um, and my putting. Might need a new putter after this uh, podcast. Um, and, yeah, we've got a new house coming early in the year, so I might even do a little project and put a little putting green and uh, and kind of driving net in the backyard in that Roscoe and see if we can get back to uh, making a few more four-footers. I like the sound of uh, all of that. Let's uh, talk about the Barmboogle thing first point of call. Mm. If... Uh you know, if you if we can make it easy for the back half of the year, if you want to tick that off fairly early in the year, there might be a little discussion around a plan to Barnboogle, maybe February. Okay. With Big Josh from uh, Scotland. Um, slash oh yeah. He wants to. He's out here for a few months. Uh, he's, That's right. He's on a sabbatical to do um, academic learning and academic writing and all of that other stuff that you do when you take. Uh, academic leave, pay, you know, I don't know how you describe it. Um, yep. Really, he's coming to Melbourne just to play golf. He's got the whole family here. Uh, but certainly, Might but, read a couple of books while he's here. Exactly. Uh, right. Maybe start the opening paragraph or something of writing one. Um, he's definitely put Barnboogle on his wish list. Uh, February seems to be the time. Anyway, I'll just let that uh, – yeah, okay. Best All right. Uh, I mean, that's not far away. So I need to start working on that messaging then and yeah. <laughs> start planning, maybe start blocking out some calendars. 
Look, just put this podcast on in the background for a couple of days over Christmas. I'm sure that'll make it, um, you know, that's a really good time. Oh, darling, you want to go? Yeah, maybe maybe that's your early birthday present. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, we digress. Uh, hi, uh, for what me, about you, mate? Yeah, for me, oh, just looking forward to playing more golf. I think uh, certainly in the back half of this year, if, if you look at my golf from July through to now, it's not been a lot of golf and, and that's not good. I, I get a little bit squirmy when that starts to happen. It's not comfortable. Um, when I do get that and play golf, it's usually not the level of golf I want to do. So I really need to um, commit to playing more golf. And yep. um, and I know that I'm going to have that opportunity in 2024. Uh, so I'm looking forward to playing a little bit more golf more consistently and getting back to a bit of getting those competitive juices going again and not just playing without a scorecard and hosting people and, you know, hitting, mm. hitting, and hitting and hosting. Um, uh, I want to play a little bit more competitive golf. So hopefully that will, um, will not hopefully. I'm going to make that happen. Senior <laughs> pennants on on the uh, on the big card, Roscoe. Senior pennants. No? no, there isn't a senior pennant. Uh, there's a Robert Thompson, uh, uh, not Tom Peter Thompson in Melbourne for the Sandbelt Club. So uh, 55 is the qualification age so thanks very okay. much but i don't qualify for that Scott. but I, pre- sure. I appreciate your sentiment um highlight from 2023 uh yeah i've gone with um one golf shot uh actually two golf shots so uh, i think for me mate the most memorable golf shots for 2023 was uh bobby max was it a three wood i think into into the 18th of the scottish open followed by rory's two iron um to to kind of match him up there both went to kind of four or five feet or something just incredible finish to that tournament and in those conditions um in in the wind and you know what it meant for bobby mack and to be leading his national uh tournament national open and then rory to to kind of uh, come over the top of him but those two particular golf shots were absolutely incredible i'll never forget those uh they were very special on a very special part of the world on a golf course that I've lucky enough to um, have played and I totally agree they were fantastic. I personally on a professional level, I would have to say that Europe winning the Ryder Cup at uh, Marco Simone um, and a number of the you know, parts of that sort of Ryder Cup win as a holistic sort of package of highlights for 2023 were certainly a highlight for me. You know, the Victor Hovland chip-ins, the John Rahm, you know, mm. put in Bobby Mack sort of, again, you know, you listen to Bobby Mack talk about it, uh, recently he took the Ryder Cup back to Oban, went to visit all the schools in town and just showcase and t- tell everyone what the uh, Ryder Cup was. You know, he, he, in, he was talking how he wasn't going so well and then all of a sudden, you know, he was worried about losing the Ryder Cup and then all of a sudden he had the chance to win the Ryder Cup. Um, mm. For me... The Ryder Cup this year was an event that I look forward to and hopefully one day I'll get to go to. Um, but I, I love watching that and uh, seeing some of those European guys do really well. Um, and then those European guys do really well on the international stage as well, especially Victor Hovland. You know, he's probably going to be the number one golfer in a short period of time in the world. Um, if Ludwig, yeah. Ludwig Oiber uh, doesn't mm. overtake him. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was really good, really good for me. Uh, good stuff. And one other for me, Roscoe, joining the pod definitely has been a highlight of uh, 2023 in my golf kind of world. So joining the pod and uh, being involved, as we talked about at the start, has been a definite highlight. Well, this new media world that we play in, and I know enough about it now to know that it is a legitimate space. There is a legitimate space for it in the world of golf media. Uh there are some very, very successful organisations that are in this space. I'm not saying that we are in that space, but it's a legitimate form of golf entertainment and people like us really do bring another dimension to everyday golfers like you and I out there listening to stuff like this. When the PGA Tour doesn't give people what they want, they turn to golf podcasts and, you know, everyone's got a favourite one, two, three, four or five podcasts and the fact that we are in a handful of people that I know is top two, three, four, and five. Uh, that says enough to legitimise what we're doing is real and what you're doing to contribute to that is very real. And again, like I said right at the start, I thank you for it. But um, for me, I keep doing it because sometimes it's hard work to get to the, these Tuesday nights and, you know, 
but you don't, you do it. You keep doing it. It's like going to the gym. This is my going to the gym. doesn't matter how I'm feeling. We, we turn up, we do it. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's rubbish. Sometimes it's utter crap, but we keep doing it. And for me mentally, that has been, that's a really strong personal driver type thing. So yeah, uh, that is a learning from 2023. As I said, up and down year, probably learned how to, yep. you know, treat a few people better and have a bit more respect along the way of, you know, doing different things and handling different situations. But, um, you know, that's uh, certainly I agree with that. One learning for me, 2023, um, you know, don't, for me, I'm not sure if it's a golf thing, but everything I do relates to golf. Uh, I've just tried to take on too much. I put too much on my plate. I've said, a lot of yeses to a lot of things and it's given me a lot of great experience and a lot of great opportunities and I'm really thankful for every one of them. Um, but I, I might have to be moving forward a little bit more strategic around what I do um, throw myself into and because the, the, the putting myself under pressure in, in a number of fronts, um, it doesn't help. It doesn't help this be the best as it could be as an example. Um, so I'm just looking yep. forward to, you know, being a little bit more strategic with the way that I approach the golf projects, I guess, in 2024. Uh, and that yep. was a learning because um, it took a while for me to understand. It was probably Mrs. Mollov of golf saying, oh, you're doing that again. You're doing more of that. And I said, yeah. She said, you say yes to everything and everyone. Uh, yeah, I do. And it's not that I'm going to say no more often, but I'm just going to be a little bit more strategic with, with the direction of a few of the things that I get involved with. So, yeah. Looking forward to getting involved with um, a few more and a few different things in 2024. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, mate. That's a good one. You, you, you mentioned just before around, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I think one learning for me on this journey of podcasting has been like if I don't prepare, then it's going to be bad. And, and, and you know, you end up rambling and you're just not putting out um, like anything worth listening to and if people are dedicating their their podcast listening time well then the least I can do is try and prepare and try and um, and try and uh, you know have a point of view on on what I've done some research and just preparation on so um, so that would be one for me personally and then the other one is I think I've realized this year Roscoe I've been taking golf too seriously hmm. I've been trying to uh, I've been taking it you talked about getting the competitive juices going. I, I think I need to turn them off at certain times and um, and just enjoy the game. Get back to just enjoying the game and and taking the pressure out of the score and the expectations and um, and just just enjoy being out there more more than I have been. So um, so yeah, I'm going to work on that in 2024 for sure. Uh, that's a great one. And, you know, I do firmly believe that you can do everything that you're trying to set out to achieve and still maintain a competitive approach to your golf. But if, if you apply those other um, expectation management and all of those great things that we're going to still speak to Jamie Glazer about in the new year, you can still be competitive and you can still enjoy your golf and, and not take it to the levels that I know that you've got to, as you articulated, um, and still maintain a competitive approach. Let's, let's see if we can uh, work through that as a bit of a 2024 project together and uh, show everyone how you can achieve uh, great things, still have some fun and still, you know, enjoy getting the scorecard out. Um, yep. But, you know, being a little bit realistic about what uh, the results are week in, week out. Hmm, very good. I'm looking forward to seeing that, uh, Scott. Awesome. Well. Good stuff, Roscoe. Are we going to wrap it up on that uh, note, that fine sort of outro note, uh, Scott? I think so. I think that's a wrap on 23, mate. Um, thank you for all of your support and, and uh, contribution and everything um, over the year and uh, and getting this up and going and, and my journey starting this year. Really appreciate it and looking forward to 24, mate. Uh, again, thank you to you and thank you to listeners. But there's some people that I didn't thank and I'm not going to name them all, but there are a whole host of people that I get the opportunity to call colleagues within the golf industry in Australia Uh if you're listening to this, uh, you know who you are. Um, there's one in particular that I'll call out, and it's Paul McLean from uh, Bushnell. Bushnell and Paul McLean have been an incredible supporter of me personally, also the podcast. We've had some great giveaways. And, uh, you know, with that support of people like Paul and there are others in the industry, you know, I wouldn't have got to experience golf the way that I get to experience it. I'm really lucky, you know, like walking inside the ropes at, tournaments, taking photos, being in media centres, um, being on the range with full swing kits and doing all this other wonderful stuff, a bit of golf travel. Uh, 
it doesn't happen um, without the support of people in the industry. And uh, I know it's a two-way street, but um, I really do appreciate every one of you who have handed me over a golf club to test, you know, put a new pair of shoes on the feet to test and make a video of all that sort of stuff. Uh, thank you very much. And I just hope that I can continue to add that sort of value uh, to you to keep those relationships strong and healthy because at some point we do give a little bit back in terms of, um, you know, insights into the, that world through the podcast. So I really do appreciate it. There you go. Scott, let's, uh, let's have a happy Christmas, happy holidays, and uh, we will see you in 2024, right? Eh? See you in 2024. Bye. Bye.